I'm Renee Ritchie and I'm a tech analyst. I'm Georgia Dow and I'm a psychotherapist. And welcome to Apple Talk, where psychology meets technology. In a great explosion with Facebook and Microsoft and Apple, you know, the things. No, it's like um, in, in The Matrix 2, which doesn't exist when the two trucks hit each other, they just ripple. Yeah, if it existed. If it existed. If it existed. In a, in a, different, in a variant universe where The Matrix 2 was good. Right, yes. not that it exists. And both Keanu and the, the ghost were alligators. Alligator Keanu. Alligator Best variant. So in today's puppet show, Keanu <laughs> pup, ooh, would be the best like variant. Like Puppet Angel. Yes. You took my nose. No one knows that. Um, no one knows that. You know, puppet Angel, come on. No one. No one. All right. If you know Two Puppet people. Angel, if you, hashtag Puppet Angel in the comments if you yeah. know Puppet Angel. Yeah, they'll all puppet. lie and now just say it. All right. They're gonna go, don't go to the interwebs. So on today's show, we are going to talk about Apple and Silicon Valley, I guess, in general's work from home policies and how they're still shifting and still being protested. And also Mark Zuckerberg's plans for Facebook to dominate, like Kramer and Karate, to dominate the metaverse. And what exactly is a metaverse? And then in our bonus segment, I think we're going to talk about the new Dune trailer. Okay. And boom, 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 Apple's new battery, battery yeah. pack. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Oh, that sounds we'll good. We'll do that. I think that sounds, I'm accepting. Otherwise, it's going to be a super short show. It's going to be a really short show. All right. So work from home. Uh, when the pandemic started, a lot of companies had to shut down. They had to get everybody home. People set up work from home. For some people, it was great because there was no commute. For other people, it was less than great because suddenly you have to coordinate their careers, their, you know, perhaps their partner's careers, their kids' schools, multiple kids' schools, didn't have enough computers, couldn't get a webcam. Everything was... Yeah. Higgledy-piggledy. Um, and then they started to announce going back to work. But now in Silicon Valley, specifically in Santa Clara County and surrounding counties, the Delta variant is spiking significantly enough that Apple, for example, has had to postpone yes. return to work. Apple's return to work policy previously, which not everyone was a fan of, to say the least, was you, you could work from home for two days. You'd have to be in the office three days and you could get an exemption from your management. But it sounded like even if you had America with Disabilities Act, like America for Disability, American Disabilities Act. Sorry, I'm not American. It's hard for me to remember all the laws. Even if you had significant issues there, they were being denied. Yeah. Um, people wrote letters. They protested. Um, and Apple did not blink. They, they maintained this until they had to postpone it. Not change as it, but Apple, postpone it. As Apple does, yes. until they had to, yes. they were going to force people to be able to go into work. Yes. And the interesting thing, the way that we work, is that when we are in an emotional construct, when we believe that things have to be a certain way because they have to be it, such as 40-hour work week, which was a construct, it's not... A real thing. Wait, you don't what? have to work 40 hours a week just because society has told you that you have to do this. Only 40 hours? Only 40 hours. you do. Oh, that would be like a vacation. You would do, oh, I'm you sorry. Do I shouldn't say that. You do do too many. You no, do but a lot of people hours. do work 40 hours, and it's a, it's a lot. It's a it's long a lot. time. Especially with, I have no other responsibilities, so for me, it's not a big deal. But other people have lives. You shouldn't work longer either, though. That doesn't make it okay. And My boss subject. is a complete a-hole. That's true as well. <laughs> That's true as well. Um, so... I just said true to that. Yes, well, I mean, <laughs> accurate. Oh, true, yeah. true. But then once people realize when the bubble, that, that cognitive dissonance bubble is kind of cracked open and they are freed from it, then they go, wait a second, why do I have to do this? They start to question the entire reality of why must I spend money on travel to go to a secondary location to do usually less 
And for Apple, I think that for them, the reason that they really want this so strongly is because of the Apple culture. Yes. That they want to be able to hand groom people, yes. see what they're doing, make sure that they're not talking to kind of outside sources. It's a controlling nature yes. that Apple has. And I think that that's why they were so strong on this instead of allowing people to if you want to come into work, like, and a slow trickle effect would have been better, I think. They would have said, like, those that want to go in, go in. Those that want to stay home, we'll see, and then we'll see how it goes. And then said one day, and then say two days. That slow, slippery slope would have yeah. been much more effective than strong-arming people after they've been at home and successfully doing their work. So the, the part that actually surprised me there is like when you said secondary location I went back to when you and I used to do personal protection right. and like you do a lot of role playing there right. and you have to do a lot of scenarios and right. it's like if never someone tries someone, to make yeah, never let someone take, you to, let second, someone take you to a secondary crash location crash the car if you have to mm -hmm. but never let them take you to a second because whatever they're planning to do to you is so much worse at yeah. the secondary location yeah, it's so true. I was just like and now I think of an office as a secondary location whatever they're planning to do to you it is. Yeah, Apple has some interesting challenges. Like other companies are being much more flexible. Even Facebook is being, even Facebook. Facebook, for example, is being much more flexible. <laughs> some companies are looking at it as an advantage because yes. traditionally one of the biggest problems in Silicon Valley has been retention like and, and, and hiring because there are only so many, let's call them all-star engineers. And there's fierce competition, not only amongst the tech companies, but also for startups where they can get an IPO and like, make you know billion of dollars potentially yeah uh, but also they the Silicon Valley people want them to live in Mountain View for Google in uh, Cupertino for Apple I'm blanking on where Facebook's campus is at somewhere maybe Mountain View as well it's somewhere around the same area and it's incredibly expensive like even if you're a top-flight engineer earning three figures most of that can go towards just living in that area. Yeah. So you never accumulate wealth and you never like you never get to, to do anything but the grind. Yeah. And some companies have seen this as an opportunity to think beyond Silicon Valley and have a lot more remote workers. And Apple is doing more of that than they've ever done before. They have campuses in Austin and Boston and all these other places around the world, but they still want what they consider to be their core competencies in Cupertino and at Apple's building. And I think you nailed it when you said it's their culture. And often our biggest strengths can be our biggest weaknesses. Yeah. And, you know, I think that they also built this beautiful building, right? Which they're like, oh, now now it's, it's being used to waste. But it's funny because I think that companies think people will not work as hard if they're working from home. I think that that's also, they want their eyes on people. And, and yeah. some, some companies did these horrible, like, you know, we're watching you while you're on the computer and tracking your time, which is a horrific idea. It really demotivates people. Please yeah. don't do this. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Most the more type you tighten a, your grip, the more programmers fall between right. your fingers. Most type A personalities, people that are, um, they, they, it doesn't matter if you're watching them or not. They just care about doing their work. And they'll work even harder. They'll work yeah. through their lunch. They won't be chatting with people because they're in their own little ecosphere. So a lot of people that I'm working with, I'm actually saying, you know, take breaks. Make sure you get up to get a walk. Make sure you're taking your full lunch hour because they want to make sure that they're doing eight yes. hours of work. Whereas if they were at work, because they're in that location and they're already just by being there working, they will, you know, have a coffee, go eat, talk with other people, which is the downside from working from home is that you are kind of this secular unit 
on your own and it's harder to reach out to people because you're bothering or annoying them. Whereas if you're in a location, then you can actually see is someone working or are they not working and yeah. can I talk to them? And so there are definitely pros and cons to working together as a unit versus not working together. I think the hybrid program and depending upon, you know, if you're immunocompromised, going into work could be your life. And I think yeah. that by having a one size fits all, I think that that's a ridiculous kind of way of going about something when we really are dealing with something that has, like it is a pandemic. Yeah, well, the interesting thing to me, and, I, and you said it really well there, is that time-based, if you, if you base all your results on time, like did you work eight hours, you're encouraging yeah. people to not work well because they're now concerned with the amount of time it takes. Let's say like I'm a, a 10X uh, anything, a 10X designer, 10X developer, 10, I get 10 times the amount of work done. Yes. I'm going to be punished for that. Like I'm going to have to do so much more because I'm efficient. And you learn quickly to say, oh, okay, I'm just going to, you know, take my time you see, on that's this. the thing, though, is that you're absolutely right. But they won't. They'll still. So your, like, type A personalities, those that are, like, go-getters and really care, will put out so much more. And then there'll be some people that are more of the B personalities Well, they will until will the incentives chill. misalign for them. No, they'll usually burn themselves out and get angry and have animosity because okay. the company will just keep on taking and they'll just, they're the ones that will burn out because the company will just, whatever is your, you know, you, you push yourself to 120%, but that becomes just normal. And then there's another 20% added on and that becomes just yeah. normal. And now you're doing two people's jobs for the same amount of pay yeah. and that's just normal. And you can until you can't. Yes. And then you hit a burnout. Yes. And so most of the people that hit burnouts, let's be honest, it's not those that are more of the slacking personality that no. hit burnout. Yeah. They don't. They're totally fine to just coast and yeah. do the minimal and give everyone else work instead of them doing the work. Yeah. But type A personalities, even if you are not watching, still care about what their output is and trying to do the most that they can, but they're still getting paid the same amount that everyone else is. So I think there is a fear within Apple because they've had to scale so much over the last few, you know, over the last decade, basically. And previously, they would have a team of, let's say, eight Apple veterans, and they'd bring in one or two new people, and those people by virtue of being around the Apple veterans would be enculturated. They would learn all about Apple, they'd be steeped in Apple, they'd learn the Apple way of doing things. But now you're bringing in so many people that they can't enculturate them anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that with this famous, infamous Slack group now, where they have a bunch of people, and this seems to really grind John Gruber too, because he's saying, they don't even write succinctly. What kind of Apple employees are these? They're like super complainy, they write like 19 paragraphs when two paragraphs would do, and that that's like, not really the Apple way, and but that that is starting to be an increasing workforce. And you're also starting to see some Apple veterans take exception to the way that they're being treated because they feel like they've been intensely loyal for all this amount of time, and it's 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 no longer healthy for them or no longer uh, sustainable for their families. And they're either looking for opportunities in other parts of Apple that is that are remote, or they're just leaving. Yes, and. Rarely does it behoove you to stay inside of a company and you'll make more money. It, it actually is a, statistically, it's a better yeah. idea to go search around to be able to find out one is what you're worth because you not sharing the amount of money that you make actually only helps the company. Yeah. I'll say that again. You not telling other people how much your company is paying you only helps the company. It does not help you at all. If yeah. we share that out, 
then at least you know what you should be getting and it'll be more fair, but keeping it under wraps does not help you. So by looking at other companies, they'll pay you more than usually a company will. So unfortunately, no longer is loyalty something that is usually rewarded. Yeah. Usually it's kind of punished. No, but our culture loves that. We're loyal to companies that aren't loyal to us and, and not just as employees, but as consumers too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, yes. So. Uh, where where do you see this, Roger? Because it's not a manageable situation yet. Nobody really knows. Like they're they're pushing it back a month, but who knows if Delta is is going to be controllable by then? If Lambda, like that, that's growing, I think in, in certain parts of the world now as well. If there'll be another variant, vaccination levels still aren't great in a lot of parts of the world, and just the the I don't know if it's I don't know. It's hard to tell how big the sentiment is, but there is some sentiment for um, a more What's the right word? Flexible work from home set of policies. Too. Yeah, yeah. I I think that I think that people are now knowing their worth, knowing that they can do different things, and I think that we need to be more open minded. I think that companies are going to have to be more open minded. I think that people are expecting to be paid a living wage for like shock. Ooh, let's be able to actually live on a. 40-hour work week, whereas you used to be able to have one person in a household live off of 40 hours of work, and now yeah. we need two people, and now you need to do, you know, 60 or 80 hours of Kids work. Kids got to be hacking at home on the evenings. It's yeah. it's um, it is not a a, a way that is sustainable yeah. for a society, and so I think that companies need to pay people living wage. I think that they need to be more flexible about allowing people to stay home or not. And for some places, that's actually cheaper for the company as yes. well. There's some schools that are now wanting everything to be remote, but you're still going to pay the same amount of fees. And now students are like, well, wait a second. And they're going to make the teacher buy all the supplies still anyway. Well, <laughs> you're going to be able to, instead of teaching whatever, you know, 200 yeah. people you'll in university, you'll be teaching maybe, you know, 3,000 yeah. people. Yeah. So it's, it's one of these things that we have to take a look at society and maybe we could do this better. Places like New Zealand have tested out four-day work weeks. Yeah, France, and it's been I think, exceptionally is doing that too successful yeah. and people love it big shock and no it does not actually change the amount of productivity let's be honest by friday we're kind of all burned <laughs> not much is happening on friday you know what we could do as well what could we do we could transfer all of this to the metaverse right that's mm. true we could just work virtually have you heard of this metaverse thing i might have heard of this metaverse so this is the this is the thing that's supposed to if you haven't this is the thing that's supposed to replace the internet eventually you know we had our we had our, we had our, our hunter-gatherer lives, and then we had our agri agricultural lives, agrarian lives, and then we had uh, industrial. In industrial revolution, and then we then we had the cyber world, and now it's going to be the metaverse, which is sort of like the internet, but a blend of actual reality, things that exist in our real world, with virtual reality, like uh, Ready Player One, with augmented reality, you know, sort of like what size is your leather outfit? Right. Um, give me your jacket. Yeah, yeah. You know, like with, with like the glasses and stuff, but uh, a multi-company, not like by one company, but by like the way the internet is now, a series of different networks that are all connected together, and experiences that range from IRL to <laughs> VR to AR. And Mark Zuckerberg says that this is the future of Facebook, and he wants it, and Alligator Loki. Well, he f he feels like Facebook missed out. On the, on the mobile revolution. Facebook started around the same time as mobile devices and Facebook exploded on mobile devices, but he says that we were too late. He really just like, he screwed, the, he screwed Facebook over, over and over again. He tried to make three phones, always canceled his plans, hired a bunch of people, never used them, but whatever. He feels like they missed the boat on mobile and that's why he bought Oculus because he wants Facebook to be a huge part of what comes next. Right, he wants to be able to control, to advertise, to get information 
everywhere. So like, is this something you want first? Or did you, are you looking forward to this metaverse world? Is, is it what you expected the future would be? I think that that's the way that I think that um, embedded reality where we have kind of an AR experience is going to be the way that we're working towards it. I think that in a lot of ways, you know, it reminds me of just Terminator where you have all of this overlay of information yeah. in the world that you're at. So you can find out so much more about what things are and where they are. But I think that it's going to also draw away from social interaction. And I think that it's going to overload us and tire us out. And I think that it's, it's a really, it's going to be hard to, I think it's going to be the haves and the have nots. And I think that it's going to have this huge, the digital divide that is already so large now between those that can access the internet and those that cannot is immense. And I think that it's going to be even more separated in between that. And it's going to increase the profits for a certain set of population and decrease the chances for everyone else. So it's not just that, it's that information overload constantly being given to you whereas you feel like if you are not a part of this you are missing out on things whereas you can constantly game you can constantly get your information you can be catching pokemon as you are listening to your workforce you're looking at your stocks yeah but then where do we turn off yeah and it's interesting because you look at the different players in the space and like Tim Epic wants to make Fortnite into a metaverse. Um, and there's just a bunch of people who want to have like these experiences. Like you wouldn't go to a concert. Maybe you'd go to a concert in real life, but maybe if it's not in your city, you'd go to it inside Fortnite or you'd go to it inside Oculus. It's like these, and you'd be with your friends. It'd be social experiences, but not real, like not in real life. It'd be your avatars. And obviously Facebook's in on this and Facebook's policy similar to Google's has always been you don't need money just give us data like you you pay for it with your data so people who don't have financial resources are going to be using data resources because everybody's a data billionaire as your husband is you know very fond of saying the Apple version and and they've been working on this for a long time like we have Memoji because we they want to make us feel comfortable with with virtual avatars of, of our, but you know, you see it emoji. It seems yeah, harmless, yeah, but yeah. you get used to making a digital version of yourself. Yes, like you're 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 boiling the water like all around us. And they're working on a VR headset, and they're working on uh, AR glasses, and they won't be data mining us the way Facebook will be, but they will be charging a pretty penny for them yes. to your digital divide point. And it just it, it does seem like what's next, but I have so many questions and we've even talked about this on the show before you're going to drop your kid off at school you're wearing your glasses you look up there's an ad hanging over your kid's school who owns that space who like can facebook put an ad over your house yes if it's in the digital space if i'm using their headset then they would be able to to be able to advertise no matter where they're at which is for them it's great plus the information that they're getting as i use these glasses to be able to look at the world everything like what where do my eye like just think about the amount of information of what catches your eye right we yeah. talk about tiktok and where tiktok is paying attention to even if you slow down yes. your scrolling think about being able to do that in your house and the amount of it like it's for a marketing perspective well, amazon it's does fascinating. that with their, their drones right their drones are like saying they're going to secure your house but they're also seeing if you have enough toilet paper left otherwise they yes. can order it for you but this could be what interests you and what catches yes. your eye yes and that is invaluable. Yeah. Right? And so intrusive. It would be, but we would be giving that up to 
be able to use many of we these services. We know you're services, looking at that ice cream cone. Right? We know you're looking at and that ice like, cream oh, cone. And they're like, oh, you look at blue items. Most yes. people look at red items versus blue items. And how many seconds do you spend on this? And then they could make even better targeted ads and this information would be invaluable. How much time do you spend with which people? What do you do? Where and when? Yeah. Information that unconsciously you are not even aware of. Yeah. And then if you can compile this information, you could find out pretty much everything about someone. Like even looking at people's pupil dilation can tell you whether yes. some, someone is, you know, heterosexual or not. If they like, you know, the Jaundiced color red <laughs> over blue, it could tell your yeah. health. It yeah. could tell your blood oxygen level eventually. Could I pay but, to be better looking in the, like, not even the virtual world, but like if you're wearing augmented reality glasses, could I pay Facebook a thousand bucks to make me slightly better looking when you're looking at me? Well, when we talk about social engineering, right? They've already done that, where that if you get credits, you can like in certain parts of the world, if you get, you get credits, depending on how socially appropriate compared to what the culture wants you to be, what the government in that culture wants you to be, they'll give you credit. But so this will be like an if IR... they like you better, they could make you look better. Like a beauty filter. And and pay for it versus someone Smooth that they me. don't like could end up becoming, Hag you know, <laughs> you know, alligator yeah. you, which yeah. I would think would be cute, but that's just alligator you Loki, but you could end up getting that for your virtual world. And we already know from video games that people will pay a pretty penny to be able to have something that makes them look special, even though it's just pixels and not real. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Did really... I go too deep on that? No, there not at all. too many layers? I, mean, I brought in a lot of stuff. Um, in, when Casey Newton was interviewing Mark Zuckerberg, one of the questions he asked him is like, exactly like who will own the virtual world? If you go to the US um, Capitol, will you see this is the house of of the US government, or will you see this is where the, the rebellion began, or will you see um, like like who owns the information space on all of these yeah. all of these um, places? Well, the, the other piece to it, the part that I find is more insidious, is that by reading your interactions, they could find out what pol po political affiliations that you have, whether you like blonde or brunette, yes. whether you like, um, you know, this idea causes you an aversion or doesn't. So it's not just that they'll be able to see what you're interacting with and what it is, but they could find out things about you that you're not even sure of, well, they made the and then use it against you. Yeah, like the newsfeed was control. designed to make us sad. Maybe they'll test AR to make us sad. Yes. Yeah, or happy. And Press that's that really scary because that ends up going into being able to see into your thoughts yeah. and interactions with things. And we have already had that, you know, people, which this is a good thing, but again, technology, any tool is good or bad depending on how you use it, but they've already gone through and been able to have someone that is um, completely um, not able to control their body be able to talk through a computer just through their brainwaves, which is awesome but also this starts to kind of come into thought policing where they'll be able to know what you are thinking so devil's it advocate gives me just a 1984 kind of vibe can't they do that already just based on our internet search history and what facebook articles we read and what groups we belong to and who we communicate and socialize with isn't this just like a next step like uh, yes it is absolutely an orwellian dystopian future but isn't it one that we already kind of exist in We've, we've touched our toes to it, but it can go so much deeper. And it, it, you could unhook to it, but just like with the internet that 
there's how many jobs can you really do that you can have zero internet access at yeah. home or at work and still do the job? Now there are, but they're becoming more and more expected. Like you can't even drive a car without a computer mm -hmm. chip in it anymore. That's, to me, it's kind of dystopian and, and a little bit scary. And again, yeah, maybe I'm going way too far and you're like, Georgia, slow down. But I think that we old, need Georgia. to ask, we need to ask the questions before it happens. Yes. And who's into, that was one of the, there was no good answers to that either. It's like, it's nice to have a multi-company uh, network thing like the internet, but we, we still don't really have a good control over the internet. Like we don't have, like who polices the internet? Right. There are some governments that feel it's their job. There's some companies that believe it's their job. There, you know, we have a certain amount of say because what we use and what we don't use helps decide the market power of a lot of these companies, but there's no clear leadership of the internet or direction to the internet. Okay. I'm going to go one more layer and I'm sorry, sure? but I'll just do it. Is that... It, it now is kind of like that even countries don't have control over, like, we're now kind of like this well, universal... <laughs> they have the great firewall. We, but it becomes more and more difficult to police that. And people want to be outside of that realm. It becomes really hard for countries to kind of exist as companies work through all of them and as countries make rules for only their country. But you yeah. can't do that on the internet. It becomes something that it's this weird full world issue well, like the the privacy laws in europe had a bunch of american websites just leaving europe yes yeah so are you going to be like you're, you're going to have a, a law made in the eu about this metaverse and then you'll have like facebook going sorry no facebook note on the metaverse for you sorry spain sorry portugal sorry belgium so yeah i apologize because that kind of brings it from to from like, you know, just Facebook and, you know, AR, VR, multiverse to what is the internet and how do we police something that is worldwide? Well, that's one of the classic philosoph like philosophical questions is even if someone succeeds in making a utopia, into whose hands can you entrust it? So let's say it wasn't Mark Zuckerberg. It was someone way less problematic, some um, quasi... Uh, messianic figure who says here is a metaverse and it is beautiful by now like we'll ruin it we'll ruin it super fast like, as soon as we get our grubby hands on it yes. it's not going to persist in any in any um, Plutakian state right until we ideal have a state. proper league of nations but even then no. depending on who runs these league yes. of nations yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Power corrupts. Yes. And absolute power. So let's know what do you think about this whole metaverse thing? Is this something you're way into that you can't wait for that you just want to strap your strap yourself into and fly into the future? Like is this how you're gonna we're gonna be spending time on space flights, uh, you know, to get to Mars and, and beyond one day? We'll just or think is, we're going to Mars. Is this just the next great filter? The next next great filter. Let us know in the comments. Now, we do have one more topic, uh, to actually two more topics, two more small topics to discuss, but that's going to be in the Nebula portion of this podcast. If you don't have Nebula, it's great. Never been a better time to jump on it. You can go to curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk, sign up. It's less than 15 bucks a year for CuriosityStream and Nebula. So you get all the series, all the documentaries on CuriosityStream, and then you get access to all the videos, George's videos, my videos, MKBHD, Jordan Harrod, Thomas Frank, Legal Eagle, Low Spec Gamer. I mean, there's just so many people on Nebula, ad-free, sponsor-free, and many of them with bonus segments like we're about to do on this very podcast. Do it. It's less than the cost of a couple of pizzas a year.
It's amazing. I think that's like one pizza. Maybe. It's definitely not a couple of pizzas. Yeah, it might be a pizza and a coffee the way they're charging us these days. Two, two slices. Yeah. Uh, but if you are leaving us now, Georgia, where can people find you? You can check me out. You can send me an email, georgia at westmounttherapy.com. You can go to anxiety-videos.com. I am on YouTube, youtube.com slash Georgia Dow. Yes. And uh, on Twitter, it's at Georgia underscore Dow. How about you, Renee? I am at Renee Ritchie on most of the social things and youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie on the video platforms. The video platform, singular. <laughs>